Well, all right. Welcome back. Wrench Nation Car Talk right here from the East Valley Institute of Technology. Every week we take you on a journey to the positive good works of the automotive industry. And we welcome you guys, uh, Susie and I. Susie Sockets is in-house. Hi How there, are Frank. you, girl? Good I'm to amazing. see you. Yeah, we miss our uh, audience every week, man. I, I think we probably could do this every day, people. We could. Maybe. Well, what you think? We'd like to hear from you. You guys can get on a wrenchnation.tv. Of course, that's where we park a lot of our shows. And if you are, uh, you know, you're experiencing some car problems, uh, I know a lot of you just kick back and listen to the show, but you certainly can get on to Wrench Nation Facebook. Uh, we had a great time recently this past weekend and last week at Barrett Jackson. Big shout out to Craig Jackson and team for an amazing event. Uh, every year they raise big money in that first purchased 2020 mid-engine mounted Corvette. Yes, with VIN number one. Yeah. Right? Three, first one. Three million dollars, people. That's so, right. Uh, and so we are always honored to uh, hang out with the car shows. And uh, I do want to just right out of the gate uh, talk about what we are going to cover this show. Um, uh, many of you may not have an electric vehicle at this point. I think you'll agree. It's, it's new territory. Although you may know somebody as somebody that, that has one. Model 3 Tesla opened the door for a lot of folks as an entry point. Susie, to, yeah, uh, you absolutely. know, some folks thought, oh, I got to have 80, 100K beyond that. But that electric vehicle market is gaining ground. Now, with over half a million of these vehicles out there, one of the biggest challenges is the charging stations. Oh, yeah, I can, I can see that. 50,000 only exist. Now, you do the math, especially if you live in a town like Los Angeles or any other big city. You really have to plan your trip out. Now, some of the EVs, if you're doing sort of the over the road, you're traveling state by state. I know Tesla has an app. You download, you you can tell who's in the network that I can get juice from. Oh, nice. But what if you are in the middle of nowhere? Or what if it really costs big money to dig in the construction and all this kind of stuff to actually put up a charging station? Well, we have got Susie Desmond Wheatley. He's the CEO of a company called Envision Solar. They are doing incredible things, uh, by the way, of solar charging stations. Nice. We don't do enough with our son, our friend, the sun. Well, (laughs) I think the sun can be our enemy as well in certain ways. But I think especially in the Southwest, in many areas of the country, why not? Take advantage of that. So we're going to have Desmond Wheatley. We've got some questions uh, regarding the solar side of charging uh, these electric vehicles. And so Desmond is going to be joining us here shortly. I will mention, as we do, we try to pass on some tech tips. We've got a BMW valve cover issue. Some of you drive in the BMW, and you've got a valve cover that may be leaking engine oil. All right, you replace the gasket. That's that. But how about a vacuum leak? And so uh, I would say the last five to seven years of the BMW uh, 3, 5 series and so on has a problem with those valve covers. Uh, It's part of their pattern design fault that can create a vacuum leak. Now, if you're prone to do this on your own, you're popping the hood, make sure that everything by the way, a crankcase ventilation hoses are attached because that's an easy fix, typically, if you have a hose that's come unattached. But what we're finding in the garage is that uh, the valve covers, I'm not sure if it's an updated design, but you buy the new valve cover, uh, you install that, and not only will you cure a possible external oil leak, but certainly will cure a fault in terms of a vacuum leak. Now, I just want to reset, Susie, i got to let the folks know. All right, great. I vacuum leak. What's that mean to me in my life or driving? Well, you're going to change the air fuel mixture, guys. Remember, air and fuel, it's got to be balanced just right. So if you have too much air being sucked in, it's going to change the fuel mixture. Your computer is going to say, whoa, daddy, got more air. I need more fuel. So that'll offset your miles per gallon and all that good stuff. Sometimes you can get an extended crank. So just know about that. Susie, what's happening in the world of your news That situation? was a great tip, Frank. 
Well, there's a lot of folks driving these BMWs. Yeah, that is a great tip. So I'd like to maybe do our shout outs. Yeah, what are, yeah. Well, we got so rules. There's rules. So the rule is, you know, you got to come in. You got to come down to Desert Car Care in Chandler. Give us a big hug. Have a cup of coffee. Yeah, you don't have hey. to listen. Leave your wallet at home. Where, where's that? We just want to see you. We, we love buy you. you the coffee, right? We buy the coffee. Well, it's coming out of that famous Keurig. That's right. But so. well, we'd love to see you, uh, fans of the show. You guys have been with us for uh, for some time, and so you come down. Come down. We give you a hug. That's right. And you get a shout out. That's so who's right. on this week for so the shout out? So this one's an easy one because he's actually our neighbor. It's Danny's transmission. You know, ah, we've got yeah. Danny, you know, in our parking lot and he's yeah. a good guy and he came down and I hope you're listening, Danny. Well, yeah. Because I, uh, I I pounded into your brain, turn it on at 4 p.m. Well, I will tell you his uh, trans, of course, the whole crew over there are rock stars, but his builder. He's like a scientist. Oh, yeah. Marshall's he, amazing. Look, guys, if you're listening, when we talk about transmissions, it's all about the internals and the build to that. And that takes a very, very seasoned individual. I mean, you have, yeah. you, have you seen a transmission torn apart? <laughs> I have never seen a transmission It's torn an erector apart. set on steroids, man. <laughs> it's pieces all over. And, and so, big shout-outs to Danny. Yeah, big shout-out. But I do have another special shout-out. All right. So... A friend of mine from high school actually stopped into the shop today, and she brought her, brought her father with her. Um, Cindy Tang, if you're listening, it was so great to see you, but she brought her father, and this is what I learned today, that her father, Jimmy Tang, worked at my family's grocery store way before I was even born. Is that incredible? I haven't seen her or her father in so many years, and she came into the shop, surprised me. That's what it's about. I think a lot of you that have small business know uh, well, it's a small world, and I think that's the special part of operating a business. And, you know, you, you offer your service or good, but at the end of the day, it's community. Absolutely. And, and so that's really cool to step back in time. Uh, so I have an interesting piece of news here for you people. Uh, you, some of you still driving that Chevy Astro van. I'm a fan of the Astro van. We still service. We still service. Yeah. Uh, in fact, uh, we we have a few Astro vans that yes, we do. come in, and they're, they're little tanks. They keep going. Well, there is a group out there that is uh, creating change.org petition to bring back the Chevy Astro van. No, really? They've got about 400 signatures. Okay. Uh, of course, this is on change.org. And they truly want the van life. <laughs> because if you think about it, yes, we're, we're slowly getting away from cars. It's all about crossovers and right. trucks. But they want their van back. And in fact, if you guys want to check it out, hashtag nine van lives and hashtag van life. That's cute. So I nothing nothing against the Honda yeah. Odyssey and a few others, but that Astro van uh, has created, well, I mean, it's 400 people. I'm not going to say it's a large growing right. movement, but you just never know. Could you sway GM up there in Detroit, shiny tower? Well, we got these people on the hashtag. They want this Astro Van to come back. <laughs> so, what was what was the last year of the Astro Van? Do we know that? I want to say I could be wrong. Late nineties. I'd have to look. Late nineties. Yeah. But it had the four point three. Yeah. And you know, it was relatively simple to work on, uh, as far as you know, fuel injection. And you know, I mean, it, of course, it had an onboard computer. It managed uh, temperature. It managed a few things. But we get them in the garage. Of course, they're most of them are two hundred thousand miles plus. Right. So there's this group of people. They want that Astro Van coming back. And uh, someone just texted in uh, the Astro Van 85 to 2005. Oh, so 2005 was the last They year. had a bit of a run. There you go. And they decided no more. <laughs> so this group says bring, bring back, back the Astro Van. What's happening in your world, Susie? Well, let's see here. So you just shared a weird automotive news. So I have kind of a fishy story. You mean like suspicious? Uh, no, it's just Fishy, fishy story. All right. Like smelly fishy? <laughs> no. So we're talking about ice fishing, right? But it involves cars. <laughs> okay. All of our Canadian peeps That's hanging right. with us. All right. So tell us about the ice So ice fishing, fishing can be relaxing, right? And I don't uh, know. I, I don't think anybody in Phoenix has really been ice fishing nobody lately. Nobody does. So these are, these are for my snowy people. All right. But, you know, it's always fun and relaxing until you realize your lure is not the only thing under the water. Oh, you mean like other other like things to catch yeah so check this out so well, like wait wait are you losing me no 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 wait no, wait no. so hold on let's paint the scene let's do it i'm sitting on the ice yep i got my warmer yep i've got my 
reel. Yes. I've got my special bait. I'm ready to catch. I put the hook in the water. Yes. And you're saying there's other things trying to catch there's fish too? other things underneath there. So check this out. You know Canada's laughing at us right now. Go I ho- ahead. I hope I'm pronouncing this right because this happened in Russia. And it was Vavoda Bay. Vavoda Bay. Okay. Sure, we all know where Vavoda Bay is at. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so dozens of fishermen were out this day fishing. Well, there's about 40, 37 vehicles that were neatly parked offshore in a nice, neat row. They were organized. They were all organized. A bunch of organized fishermen. I like that. Now, what happened? Drinking next? vodka. What happened next is the ice was clearly too thin for oh. such the weight of all these cars and one by one, it was the like cars, a domino. Yeah, it was a domino. Oh, the ice cracked. The cars are underneath. But there. they were on the shore. They're area. on the shore. Yeah. Oh so gosh. In the video, if you check it out, you will see. Where can nice, we find the video? Is there a, so we can tell people? Yeah. So it's the source is actually metro.co.uk. So this is like, I mean, I don't know. I feel awkward watching a video of a bunch of innocent fishermen getting ready to. Nobody was hurt. All right, but okay. they they lost their they lost their vehicles. About twenty seven of them were freed. From the ice as of January 5th. I'd like to interview somebody after something like that to see what their thought was, especially a Russian. That's you know right. That, you know that they were keeping warm by way of, they're not high tech out there on that <laughs> ice. They've got their bottle of vodka and they're keeping themselves. And here's these cars like a bunch of dominoes. Bloop, 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 That's bloop. right. So now you understand there was something else under the ice. Oh my Lord. Oh my Lord. Oh my Lord. I just can't believe a story like that would exist. And, uh. That happens, I guess. It I mean, does. I'm glad nobody got hurt. So uh, just a couple of announcements, guys. Don't forget, we will be out there with you. Concourse in the Hills, February 8th. A wonderful car show, over 900 shows. Uh, excuse me, cars out there from exotics to muscle cars. It's February 8th, Concourse in the Hills. Legends of Speed. You've got to check out that exhibit, Phoenix Art Museum. And, of course, this weekend, the EVIT Expo right here on campus. I invite you guys to uh, come down and visit the multitude of offerings here. I want you guys to stay tuned. We've got Desmond Wheatley of Envision Solar coming up next. I want my mileage back. Of course you want your mileage back. And all the extra money you've spent feeding an engine gunked up with carbon. Your car needs its fuel system cleaned, and it needs it now. You need BG44K. It's the one dealerships use the most. In fact, they use BG44K almost 3 to 1 over any other fuel system cleaner made. To find a shop near you, go to BGFindAShop.com. That's BGFindAShop.com. I got my mileage back. BG, BG. Welcome back, Wrench Nation. Don't forget, get on to WrenchNation.tv. If you kind of dip in and out of the show, you can catch all 180-some-odd shows there. Uh, of course, uh, your podcast, you can catch that on any player. And, uh, of course, uh, KFNX on the weekend, 88.7 play, 90.7. You guys rock. We're hanging with us. Hey, listen, the economy, can I say booming? Is it booming? Well, I, I, I want to say, I mean, most people seem like they're doing well. I think so. I mean, we're always going to have some concerns here and there, but with an economy that is somewhat booming and electric vehicle sales on the rise, the one major shortcoming, Susie, that's happening right now in terms of these electric vehicles is the inadequate availability of charging stations. Whether you're in a city or suburbia alike, I use Los Angeles as one of those uh, areas that has a large population of mm-hmm. EVs, and there is a growing concern of these charging stations. And I got to uh, be honest, I get a little giddy when I pull into a parking uh, parking lot and I see designated spots. I get a little giddy. It makes me happy. I don't own an EV or electric vehicle, but you it like makes the me happy. you like the whole green movement. I do. Well, we got Desmond uh, Wheatley, uh, CEO and Chairman of the Board of Envision Solar. Welcome to the show, Desmond. It's my great pleasure to be here. Thank you for having me. We appreciate you spending some time. Um, of course, uh, two decades of senior in international management that you have there, um, head of global energy. You, you, you're somewhat of an authority there, Desmond, to talk about all of this alternative energy, especially in the solar space. You know, I like telling people, actually, there really are no experts in this space yet. I mean, it's so young and it's growing so rapidly. It's so dynamic and changing every day. And I quite often get introduced as an expert, but um, I suppose I know as much as the next man does, uh, Frank, and I I love talking about it. So thank you for giving me an opportunity to do that. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, Before we get into the driving force of Envision Solar, 
Tell us more about your background, uh, primarily in the capital markets and with public companies out there. What did you do for years uh, before heading over uh, to Envision Solar? Yeah, I think from the outside, it looks like I've had a very uh, varied uh, business career. I, I've been vo- involved in telecommunications and security infrastructure. I spent a lot of time in the in the Middle East. In fact, enough time in the Middle East to know that uh, I, I support and want to defend the Western democratic way of doing things. Um, but most of my jobs have always been pretty much the same. I've raised a bunch of capital. I've run public and private companies. And it's really just been about trying to figure out the best way to take good solutions to market. Um, and I'm just lucky in that I've reached a point in my life now where I'm doing something that I like 10 times better than anything I've ever done before. Uh, it's a great business. It's a great time to be involved in it. And at the end of the day, uh, we're going to make our shareholders and our customers and our employees very happy. But we're also going to do something that we can be very proud of, um, you know, uh, down the road. Yeah, no doubt. And, and, and many of us, including myself, Susie, you may have to agree, here we are. We've got a whole opportunity with our friendly son up there. Do you, do you think it's slow coming with solar? Should we have been, shouldn't we have had our act together years and years ago? And if so, Desmond, why? Why is it so slow coming? It seems like we don't have enough of solar uh, installations. There, there's no doubt that you're right in, in making that comment. We could be doing an awful lot more. And it, it is in many ways a great tragedy to waste this fantastic and more or less free resource that's dumped on the planet every day. I mean, it, it can't be an accident, right, that somehow nature has provided 10,000 times more energy than we need on a daily basis just in solar energy hitting the, hitting the planet each day. And it, it can't be anything less than a tragedy that we waste it. Now, the good news is, you know, we're, we're, we human beings are pretty good at figuring stuff out. Sometimes we're a little late to the party. and We might be a little late to the party where renewables are concerned, but we're definitely getting our heads around it right now. And you are seeing a really rapid increase in the adoption, acceleration in the adoption of, of solar power. And you're seeing it being used in ways which are much more interesting than were, than were originally conceived. I mean, like, everybody knows that solar power is a good way of cutting down their, their utility bills and competing with the utility and everything else. But you know what? There are actually... Uh, more interesting ways of using solar energy, what I refer to as solar 3.0, uh, and that's really about using solar power to enable vital services and amenities in locations where it's just too expensive, too disruptive, and sometimes impossible to extend the electric grid. So there's a lot going on, still a whole lot more work to be done, but um, it's, a, it's a great time to be alive. One of the product lineups that you have that I was really excited to read about, and of course uh, Envision Solar is making uh, wave after wave of uh, uh, in implementing the patented EV Arc, that electric vehicle autonomous renewable charger, that's pretty exciting. It says it deploys uh, without any disruptive, time-consuming, expensive permitting. Desmond, you got to tell us about this setup uh, and that arrangement of that EV Arc. So you guys said a little bit earlier on there's a there's pretty rapid growth in the in the sales of electric vehicles. Absolute numbers are still fairly small. Uh, still just under 2% in the U.S. Vehicles are, are electric, uh, a little over 2% globally. But we've got to start looking at the bigger numbers here. Today, there are about 1.2 billion cars on the road globally. And that's a number that's going to increase to 2 billion by 2040. It's a, it's a big number, 2 billion cars. Um, I'm going to tell you that I believe that the great majority of those 2 billion vehicles will be electric. Um, don't, don't listen to what the experts say about adoption levels. This is going to be like so many other things that the experts, have been wrong about in terms of how quickly consumers pick up on new technologies that they like. Think about smartphones, tablets, and laptops and everything else. All the experts were way behind in terms of what they forecasted. So those 2 billion cars in 2040 are going to be electric. They're all going to need somewhere to refuel. And if you think about uh, a world today where we rely on gas stations, just picture a world with no gas stations and then say, okay, somewhere in the next two decades, we've got to get every gas station everywhere in the world deployed. Um, It turns out it's really difficult and expensive and time-consuming in most instances to connect an an electric vehicle charging station to the utility grid. And that that doesn't mean out in the middle of nowhere, by the way. It could just be in the parking lot or across the street somewhere. The time you do all the trenching and permitting and construction work, that can be an expensive and very time-consuming process. New York City is our biggest customer today. It takes about two years to go through that process in New York. And California, which is our second largest customer, takes about 24 months. So our whole company is about figuring out how do we get that infrastructure deployed in a really rapidly deployed, highly scalable manner. Uh, Think of it like war fighting. 
You know, we're, we need to dump all the material and all the equipment that we need to win this war on the beach as fast as possible. And we've essentially invented the landing craft in the war on pollution. That's what the EV arc is. It's deployed in minutes, not months or years. Uh, it doesn't require any construction at all. It, in, in every instance, we're in almost 100 municipalities across the United States and uh, also internationally. We've never required any kind of permitting for it. So we're just essentially div- delivering this vital infrastructure in minutes, as I said, not months, and without all the disruption uh, and, frankly, costs associated with that. And then, of course, at the end of the day, the EV driver, the person driving that electric vehicle, is not paying for the power. So you've got no OPEX at all where this thing is concerned. Um, you never have to worry about blackouts or brownouts. Um, and, you know, if you care about the environment, you're doing a great thing for the environment, too. You're driving on sunshine, uh, which is just a, a really fun thing to do. Um, how do I know? Um, well, because... I've been using the product for 10 years myself. I, I have two, two electric cars, and uh, my guilty secret is I have an electric motorcycle too, which is uh, <laughs> talk about that. Talk and to I, us. I drive uh, on sunshine every day. <laughs> talk to us, so Desmond, because I'm, I'm really fascinated, and, and a lot of uh, folks that are tuning in or possibly listening uh, to the replay here, give us a kind of a run through with this EV arc. So I have an electric vehicle. Let's say I'm at work. How is this set up? As a, my company wants to actually look into this, uh, I have a, I'm, I'm a tight budget. I can't lay out a whole parking lot full of these solar panels. But how, how does this set up? What's, what's the value for me as a company to really go with this sort of quick arrangement uh, that's deployed and, and not as disruptive? so great. Uh, actually, a big part of our business is what we refer to as workplace charging, which is exactly what you're talking about. So there are a lot of companies now who are installing electric vehicle charging stations in their parking lots so that their employees and guests and other visitors can pick up a charge uh, while they're there. And there's lots of good reasons to do that. It's a retention tool, it's a recruiting tool, reduces your carbon impact from your commute and all kinds of other things. But, it, but as I said earlier, it can be really expensive and disruptive to, to dig a trench across your parking lot to put an electric vehicle charging station in. And it can take a long time, lots of permitting and everything else. And you know what, Frank, you may not even have enough energy uh, on your property and in your building to support electric Absolutely. vehicle charging. Yeah. Certainly not, there's a lot of it. Okay, so we just remove all of those barriers to entry. Your company would call us. Um, we're going to show up, usually in the middle of the night, by the way, when the parking lot's empty and when the roads are, are clear, and we're going to drop off a product. It fits inside a standard legal size parking space. It doesn't disrupt parking in any way at all because the vehicles can park on it and around it, so we're not reducing available parking in any way. And you know what? We can charge as many as six employees at the same time from this piece of equipment. Now, let me give you a quick statistic. According to the Department of Transportation, Eight out of ten employees require 12 miles or less for half of their round-trip commute. So most people in this country are driving about 24 miles or less for their commute. We can plug in six employees to a single parking space and every day give them all the energy that they need to to fulfill that that commute. And all coming from a single parking space and all coming from sunshine. And by the way, not just in in sunny places like uh, Arizona and Southern California. As I said, my my biggest customer right now is the great city of New York where we've got New York Police Department cars and many other fleet vehicles driving on sunshine today. So it works really well um, all across the country and, frankly, across the world. If it can see the sky... Uh, you can drive on sunshine. Even That's incredible. Sun. And, and one of yeah. the things that are uh, listed here, uh, EnvisionSolar.com, I invite you guys to visit the website, EnvisionSolar.com, is, well, hey, I've got a business down in the Caribbean. I get, I get some storms. You're saying that you guys actually experienced a Category 5 with this big solar EV arc, and you survived military-like. You know, we, uh, <laughs> we, the, the product is actually... Uh, independently rated by an independent structural engineering firm to, and we have a stamp, a wet stamp, saying that this thing's good for 120 mile per hour winds, and that's what we sell it for. We tell our customers, look, anything up to 120 mile per hour wind, we're standing behind this. If it gets over that, hey, it's like anything else. Uh, you probably want to, you know, <laughs> be, be a little careful. But the practical answer is yes. Uh, we were down in the U.S. Virgin Islands. The government of the U.S. Virgin Islands is our customer down there. Um, we survived hurricanes Irma and Maria. We were the eye went right over the product. So did the walls of the eye. We we survived 185 mile in our Category Five winds, and we got a letter from the government down there saying your product is the only thing that survived those, that weather. There were buildings flying around and cars getting turned turned over. Our product didn't just survive it, but it continued operating and generating electricity. As we said, no one used it because they all ran away. But but at the same time, it continued 
continued operating and generating electricity through that through those conditions. It's very very robust. It's made in America. Okay, uh, <laughs> there you go. Thank you. Uh, I, I'm a I'm a big fan of America. I'm a I'm a brand new American, the most annoying kind. Right, I, I feel strongly about this country. This is a made in America product, and it, we can we can put up with just about anything you can throw at us. That is awesome. If you're just joining us, we've got the CEO and chairman of the board there at Envision Solar doing incredible things by the way of solar charging these electric vehicles uh we're going to come back we're going to talk about uh does this work in oregon does this work in washington where it may not see as much sun i want you guys to stay tuned ranch nation next parts authority auto parts superstores nationwide locations you know one of the problems that i can have working in my garage is parts aren't delivered on time the quality isn't there well guess what Who's yelling at me, my clients, and they're likely not to come back? Well, the Parts Authority, Auto Parts Superstores, amazing service, knowledgeable counter folks, a complete line of original equipment, parts that our customers deserve. If you're an installer, get on to partsauthority.com. Check locations nationally near you, partsauthority.com. Bolt-On Technologies, automotive software solutions, auto repair shops that have Bolt-On Technology software Provide customer vehicle condition reports, including photos and text, real-time digital reports, multi-point inspections, estimates, and repair information at your fingertips. Info at boltontechnology.com. Welcome back, Wrench Nation. Uh, get on to wrenchnation.tv. Susie and I always enjoy spending time with you a big shout out to our weekend listeners kfnx 90.7 of course 88.7 the pulse uh we are honored to have desmond wheatley as the ceo and chairman of the envision solar company publicly traded welcome back desmond lovely to be here thanks for having me now you said you you've been into uh ev vehicles yourself for about 10 years yeah you know i i always tell people never eat in a restaurant where the chef is skinny because <laughs> he's not eating his own product, right? And so I'm the fat chef of driving on sunshine. Yes, I, I've, I've been in electric vehicles myself for about a decade. And, and uh, as I said, I've got my motorcycle, which is a really fun thing to have. Also electric, very, very fast. Um, and yeah, I drive on sunshine. I, I, eat, my, I, I, use, I eat my product, right? I mean, I, I, I take advantage of it. And it's just a, it's a great way to go. Yeah, Nothing no doubt. Bad. I mean, that's, uh, that's good. It's like a mechanic that like we can't drive jalopies, right? <laughs> I mean, it doesn't look it doesn't look well. So, um, you're from Scotland, I understand, yeah? I am from Scotland. So maybe a slightly unlikely background for someone who's in solar, right? Um, or maybe 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 it makes it likely. It's uh, certainly the weather's a bit nicer in San Diego where I am now than it was in Scotland. But uh, hey, you look, you, harsh conditions make you inventive. I think Scottish have had a history of being quite inventive and in engineering and finance people. So. Uh, uh, hopefully, I'm hopefully I'm not embarrassing the nation too much. <laughs> <laughs> well, we love our Scottish peeps and uh, all things related to, to Scotland. And I am looking at the website envisionsolar.com, and you also in the outdoor media arena regarding solar. Talk to us about the Solar Tree Unit. I'm actually looking at a Cadillac dealership picture, and it looks pretty pretty fascinating here. That's pretty much the only product I know that's branded Cadillac that's not actually a Cadillac vehicle itself. And, yeah, so we deployed that. Uh, the, solar, the solar tree basically is just like a big sibling of the EV arc. Uh, like the EV arc, it tracks the sun, follows the sun using our patented tracking solution. Um, and like all of our products, it has onboard storage. So we're not just generating electricity from sunshine, but then we're storing it as well. So the products work day or night or during periods of inclement weather or grid outages or whatever else. Um, and in that instance, what, essentially, there's a couple of things going on. That, that product there is charging electric Cadillacs, uh, but it's also a big branding statement for Cadillacs, letting people know, hey, you can drive on sunshine, um, and there's a really visible way of doing it. So, yeah, a big part of our business is using this infrastructure and using renewable energy uh, to get messages out to people. And very often you can monetize those messages. And when you can do that, something really exciting happens. You can pay for the infrastructure. And if you can pay for the infrastructure and you don't have to pay for the energy, the most exciting thing of all happens, which is that you can start giving away this fuel to drive for free. A picture of that for a, section, for a second. Imagine living in an era where you can drive on sunshine, guilt-free, environmental impact-free, and the best free of all, free-free. 
And that's a big goal of ours is to get, we want Americans to be able to stop spending $5,000 a year at the gas pump and on maintenance of their internal combustion engine vehicles. We want them to be able to move around, democratize their access to transportation, move around and take that $5,000 a year that they were spending on, on, on fuel and things like that, spend in the local communities and the local tax base. Let's not ship it overseas anymore. Yeah, let's this not, is let's not put it out the an incredible, incredible movement. I know that uh, just recently in California, talk to us about, you, you just signed an additional contract with uh, California's uh, municipalities. Uh, talk to us about that that uh, structured deal there, and what's what's to come additionally for Envision Solar there. Yeah, so we have a we're very fortunate. I mean, we made our own fortune. It was very hard work. I have to say that the team did a magnificent job. But we have a multi-year, uh, multi-million dollar contract with the state of California, uh, which allows any governmental or even some non-governmental agencies to buy our product. But kind of a point and click. Um, without having to go through any kind of uh, uh, um, process to do that. The state did all that work. It took a long time. They did all the due diligence on the product and everything else. And now cities and, and counties and, and the state able to buy the product without having to go through any process to do that. So just recently, uh, I think the, the most recent press release we put out was a county in California. Now they're fleet vehicles driving on, on, on Sunshine. Uh, city of Long Beach has been a great customer driving on Sunshine. Um, and I think, you, you know, we've been doing that for a couple of years. Caltrans is one of our biggest customers. That's the State Department of Transportation. And it's just it's fantastic when you think about all these kind of not exactly early adopters of brand new technology. And yet here they are driving around doing the state's work, doing the taxpayers work uh, on Sunshine. And if you look at the numbers, the really exciting thing about this is the taxpayers are saving money hand over fist because they're not paying for gasoline or diesel anymore. They're not paying for all the maintenance and everything else anymore. And there's really good empirical data out there now that shows that taxpayers are saving a lot of money doing this. Now, look, I pay a lot of taxes. I'm not a fan of paying taxes when it's wasted, but I like paying taxes when it's put to work towards things which are of real value. Our military, our highways, our telecommunications infrastructure, those sort of things, those are worth funding. And I'm going to say to you that a network of driving on sunshine capabilities is worth funding as well, um, and especially when it's saving the taxpayers' money. You mentioned the storage capacity, because obviously uh, the solar charging is, is sort of taken into consideration uh, areas of the country like uh, Oregon or Washington State, the Northwest is what comes to mind, that this is something that isn't as big of a problem as most would think. Talk to us about how we overcome, you know, the, the days on end where, you know, we may not be facing a panel to the sun. How does that all work? A couple of really important things have happened in the, in the last few years in the industry. Um, solar modules themselves have become a lot more uh, resilient in low light conditions, shady type conditions. So in just the same way that you can on some days get a sunburn when there's cloud cover, uh, what that's telling you is that there's still a lot of light energy. Uh, it may not be in the visible spectrum, it's still a lot of light energy getting through uh, those clouds. And if you have really high quality uh, solar conversion into electricity, and we only use the very best, uh, you can still generate electricity even in some pretty dismal conditions. Now beyond that, our products are engineered and with this energy storage on board. And frankly, anytime we have a customer who's in a low uh, insulation environment, there's not a lot of sunlight getting through, what we're doing is we're looking at their requirements. How many miles are they driving? How much... How many EV arcs do they need to provide for that, for that driving uh, for their fleet of vehicles? And we're just right-sizing for it. And the truth is, we work all over the country. We're in some pretty piss-poor conditions where weather's concerned, if I'm allowed to say that on the radio. Um, and yet, the product's still working fantastically for them. So it's about engineering it properly, it's about making it properly, and then it's about right-sizing the infrastructure uh, for the conditions. Yeah, I mean, that's great. I mean, I, look, i, I got to say, like my daughter, who's 22, there's a movement. My daughter, her peer group, and it's not just exclusively to their demo, but they are looking at, she wants to do business with companies that are green. That's the bottom line. And in fact, would, would say, hey, dad, what were you guys doing back in the 80s and the <laughs> 70s? Because the environment is a big deal. And, and so one of the things that you've been quoted as saying is that, and, and, and this isn't verbatim by any means, Desmond, your, you and your team at Envision work extremely hard uh, to make all of this happen. But you have been quoted as saying everything that this company does is about reversing the negative impact that our daily lives visit upon our fragile environment. That is critical. There's no doubt about it. Let me be clear about something, though. I'm a capitalist through and through. I run a publicly traded company. My number one job 
is to create shareholder returns. And I never forget that. Okay, we're not here without our shareholders, and we are here to make them a bucket load of money. But now let me put it like this. Given the choice between making people a bucket load of money, doing stuff that harms the place that we live, this beautiful blue gem that's floating around in space, given the choice between doing that or making a bucket load of money for our shareholders, doing something that we can all be truly proud of, and something that actually creates more plenty and more wealth and more security for everyone in the country, not just our shareholders, but everybody else, which one am I going to pick? Of course I'm going to do this. It's a fantastic way. We make a lot of people a lot of money. And, and, and importantly, geopolitically, I want to see another century of American leadership. I don't like the other options. And if we're going to have another century of American leadership, then we need to be on top of this energy thing. I don't want us to be the only country who's fighting over the last lump of coal or the last drop of oil, while some of our peers have no expense where energy is concerned because they made the leap to renewables before we did. We need to stay in in front. We need to lead and we need to take advantage. And hey, let's get rich while we're doing it. Yeah, I mean, well said. I mean, I think there's a mating of a product that works. We can protect the environment. What comes to mind, I've got to ask you, Desmond, we recently had Steve Celine uh, from Celine Motorsports, of course, tradition of yeah, producing um, amazing things, right? And so, of course, introducing the S1 electric vehicle out to China. China seems to be, from what we see, right? I mean, they had a little bit of a softening with their EV trajectory, but they seem to be headed in a strong uh, direction regarding electric vehicles, do you find that legislatively things are loose over there and we're a bit wound up and it takes twice as long for us to get our act together here because we have to go through red tape? Is that a big problem? You, you know, China, of course, has got command and control type economy, right? So uh, once the government decides to do something, everybody does it and they don't have any choice in, in the matter. And I think in the early stages, that can often be a very effective way to get things done. Is it the world I want to live in? No, it isn't. Um, I, I think, uh, you know, the American model, uh, which is, you know, is essentially eventually driven by the consumer, and that's, the po- that's politics and products, eventually driven by the consumer, will triumph. Um, I wish it was happening faster, and I wish that we were staying further in the lead than we are. Um, and the Chinese have made great strides. But by the way, let's not, you know, they are the number one nation in the world in terms of solar deployments today. But at the same time, they're also building coal plants faster than anybody is. And their carbon emissions are going up faster than anybody else as well. The U.S.'s are flat or even going down. So I think at the end of the day, our model will triumph. Um, what can we learn from them? I think we can say to ourselves, look, when we see something that's a good idea, let's not quibble about it and let's not bicker amongst ourselves about it. Let's bite that apple and take advantage of it. And that, they, they certainly have done a good job of that. But I wouldn't swap their system for ours for all the tea in China. It makes perfect sense. Uh, we've got just a quick moment left here. I want to ask you about the solar vehicle. I know that's not directly what Envision Solar is uh, about that's not the space but is it possible is it practical to actually make a solar vehicle for the masses or is the science and technology just not practical to pull off an actual solar running vehicle it's actually physics um there are some things you just can't alter in the universe um and the physics will prevent a, a practical sort of mass market vehicle like that. Now, as you know, there are already solar vehicles out there, plenty sure, of them, and yeah, there'll yeah. be some great projects. But I don't think most people are going to go down to the supermarket in something that's sort of 18 feet long and, you know, only fits one person shaped like a torpedo uh, covered in solar panels. At the end of the day, um, if you look at what vehicles are selling in this country, it's SUVs and pickup trucks. And uh, we're, we're looking at a very, very exciting future where we're going to have electric pickup trucks. The Ford F-150, the number one selling vehicle in the United States today, will be electric in two years, available electric. Uh, just imagine what happens when the mighty U.S. consumer can go down and buy an F-150 and never have to put gas in it, never do any maintenance. But at the end of the day, physics will stop this, this, uh, the, the fully solar-powered vehicle because the sun just doesn't deposit enough energy on a given square meter of the surface. Of the planet to move your mass or my mass, far less both of us, down the highway at anything like speed. Um, and so, but the, here's the great news we don't need that. The good news is there's vehicles spend enough time stationary, and they always will, even when we move to autonomy. Uh, the vehicles will spend enough time stationary to where they can refuel from solar energy while they're stationary. Um, and we can use solar panels on vehicles to do things like run air conditioning and stuff like that. Um, but there'll be a great mix. And we'll be driving electric and we'll be driving on sunshine um, in, in, in my lifetime and yours. Yeah, that makes uh, – we're excited. I mean, we do have to 
make change and, and, and why not? With the change towards a positive future, it certainly should be profitable. If you're just joining us, we are honored to have uh, Desmond Wheatley, uh, CEO. You can find more information about these uh, solar products that uh, charge up electric vehicles on EnvisionSolar.com. Desmond Wheatley, thank you so much for joining Wrench Nation. Chock full of great information. Uh, we'll catch you in the future soon. Thank you so much. You guys have a great show, and thank you very much for having me. Yeah, I mean, that's fascinating to have uh, solar. I mean, I'm glad he answered the whole solar car thing because I had a flashback. Yeah, for what? I was in, in the 80s. Okay. I won New York City Science Project. Aww. Now, I, did? Was, I didn't do it alone, but I okay. had my Japanese friend. His father was in solar, and we put these little solar panels, we put them on houses, we made little cars. Cute. But he really answered that spot on. Yeah. It is just not practical. It you isn't. can't. However, if you drive an electric vehicle, you 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 probably you probably need to yeah. look at something like that. I mean, I think it's practical. I mean, we've seen the stations out there where you plug in, but that that's an expensive venture. Right. So you did this solar project when you were a kid? Yeah. Okay, so solar's been around for a long time. Of then. course, yeah, solar's been a long time. I mean, I'm not the, I mean, are you, well, solar has been a long, I guess you hit me in many ways there. I wasn't, I was trying to get serious on solar, Susie. I'm going to call you solar Susie sockets. What are you talking about? But uh, envisionsolar.com, go check that out. And, uh, you know, I mean, there's there's so much we can do. There is this, this green movement that, yeah, we can't be hoarding coal and, oil and dumping and yeah now here's the thing so i'm a native of arizona right and so you, i've been in this sunshine all of my life i never understood why it wasn't a prerequisite to build a house with solar just have solar on all the I, houses. I, I think some of it well i think it's you're fighting oil right you're fighting crude oil lobbyists let's just face it now desmond mentioned that you know china seems to be quick at the ready and they're going but I don't know about doing business like that because are they truly testing all fronts or are they waiting for sizable accidents? You're thinking about like the unknowns. It, exactly. Mm-hmm. I mean, like you do. And I, and I think that's where governments work for the people that way. I mean, we're not getting into the whole political sure. thing, but I mean, gosh, I mean, in, imagine all the things running in my mind that I can invent without any barriers. Right. I don't think anybody would get on to what I'm inventing. That's what, you know, I mean, that's, you got to have procedure. Yeah. And, and uh, so. And I commend Victoria, your daughter, for. Well, I mean, there's a lot business. of, a lot of our kids listening. Yeah. I mean, our youngsters, it's true. I mean, so could we, could we vibe on this new future? We should. I mean, I know there's a lot of controversy on, you know, the environment and right. global warming, but we do. We need to get off that juice as far as oil and crude. We need to slowly segue and I loved what Desmond said. Look, we're small business. We get it. Like, mm-hmm. why not? It should be profitable. And it shouldn't be done in a way that doesn't sustain growth for the future. So it's, it'll be dead. It won't right. be around. If, if you can't make a profit, for sure. Um, Tesla is settling uh, over this lawsuit here out of uh, Michigan. I wanted to get into this. This is not quite breaking news while they're... Stock is surging 100 billion, 100 billion market value. <laughs> really? How much of this is mudslinging, you know, and why are they covering it? But the settlement says that Tesla may operate under existing Michigan law, selling cars to Michigan customers as long as the sales contract indicates the sale took place in a state other than Michigan and indirectly owned service repair facilities in Michigan through a subsidiary. So what does that mean? Well, it means that Tesla doesn't have a dealership per se. In Michigan? Anyway, they don't have a conventional brick-and-mortar franchise dealer. Like if you, Susie, want to open up a GM dealership, meet the criteria, have the investment, you can own a GM dealership. Okay. Tesla doesn't have that big and bulky. And in theory, Tesla's mission is to change how you buy the vehicle. Okay. So we're going to start seeing more and more of this type of legislation. Um, Of course, you can catch that story in Automotive News. You can dig into it. I just kind of covered the surface. But- that's a different way of buying a vehicle, which I think a lot of people like Carvana. I don't have to go to the experience. Thing. Right. I can go. It's an app. Right. I guess there's pros and cons to it, but I think we're going to see a lot more of that. We're okay. going to see a lot more streamlined. Like my daughter, 
she's not, she's, she doesn't want to go into a, a dealership. I'm, I'm not knocking the dealership. Sure. But the way we buy as consumers, the way we consume energy, mm-hmm. the alternative to that, and that's why I think EVs for sure, there's been a lot of argument about, well, it's diesels that are going to be, you know, on the move. Well, it's going to be, you know, hydrogen-based vehicles. I think EV for sure is the mainstay. I think that is our future. Right. I think small diesels in areas of the world, like perhaps India has a whole movement of of smaller diesels, uh, especially in the trucking, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, It may not be practical for that EV market currently because, you know, can you survive in the, you know, up in the mountain ranges crossing over in an EV vehicle? Right. A truck. Right. I, I don't know. I mean, it doesn't seem like it. So right. I think that the EV movements there, so why not have the practicality of sort of this quick and easy setup without spending, I mean, in digging. I mean, it's a big deal to put solar panels. I right. think our veterans, many actually parking lots, you can see where they, now they're using that to, to harness electricity, but I wonder if they're actually able to connect EVs through the harnessing of the solar. I'm pretty sure they... That'd be interesting to find out. Yeah. So um, there's a lot more of that fascinating information. Uh, I do invite you to check that out. Uh, EnvisionSolar.com. And, you know, where will we be 10 years from now? Yeah, that's interesting. So if I have an electric vehicle and I have no maintenance on this, how long will my car last? Well, the battery life is what it's about. We're getting better in battery technology. You know, if you look 10 years ago. Right. Well, I take the Toyota Prius. Okay, which like the I hybrid think, battery? I think the Prius is a great platform. It is. Proven generation. And you own one. You uh, yeah. own the Prius. And then you experienced an issue with the battery. You get the little death triangle. And, right. And, but that was what, 140,000 miles? Yeah. 150? Yes. So, you know, it's, it's a percentage in decline of their equivalent of MPG, if mm-hmm. you will. So you'll start to decline in that. A lot of your Prius... Prius owners know that that, but even at that, what if I were to invest the five six thousand dollars back into my Prius, buy the battery, do the math, and what that works out? And I know Toyota actually will incentivize if you went into Toyota with that check engine light and that sort of death triangle with the exclamation, they would tell you, okay, well, you know, in this case, you need a battery. Right. You can have other issues, but you need a battery. But they will incentivize you. That's what made the Toyota Prius so popular and, and created this growth and this movement over the last 10 years or so. They'll incentivize you to get into another new Prius. Well, of course, of course. And serious incentivization. Yeah. Not like, well, we'll just, we'll give you a thousand dollar trade in or whatever. Now we did replace the main hybrid battery and we're well over 300,000 miles. Yeah. I, I'm a fan of the Prius. I really am. In fact, a lot of you college students, um, First off, if you buy, you want it you want it inspected. And also find, well, I don't know. I'll probably get some flack on this. I find that Toyota Prius customers, they're a bit more responsible. <laughs> can I say that? Yes, you can. I mean, I'm, my Ford F1 people are going to get upset with me. My, you know, Honda people. Don't, I'm just saying, maybe we'll write a book, The Psychology of Car and the owner behind the wheel of driving that car. That's right. And they're they're pretty dependable. Do you remember when Mark, my husband, was using it to deliver Amazon? He was using it like a truck. I mean, he was a fleet going. He was yes, moving. Yes, he was. And a lot of you out there are using these, these sort of hybrid versions. And, and slowly, as these charging stations become more available, the full-on electric. I mean, I'm excited to see the F-150. Yeah, that's going to be great. And we did see the E-Mock Mustang at the Barrett-Jackson. Yes. And I fell in love with the styling. Now, I'm a little jaded about the whole Mustang tradition. Oh, man, they just incorporated this whole electric. Mustang is such a long really? line. Really? You have a hard time of, accepting that? I, I, I sort of do, yeah. Okay. But when I saw it up close, I was like, okay. It was a little different. Okay. Kind of a, they're going after the Tesla crossover. Right. You can see that clearly. Uh, but well, I, let's have an open mind, Frank. I think, well, would you buy a full-on electric, like I something think I would. stylish. Yep, I think I would. Well, that's what they're after because I think traditionally, you guys can agree. Listening that electric vehicles were like, oh, boring. I mean, the Prius came out; it had this like big bubble, right? Kind of, right? And it looked different, right? But they got their style together and they they pulled it off. So I like the Emac Mustang. Good, I'm I do. I saw it up that. front, and you know, I thought that's a great vehicle. So. Uh, we are going to wrap it up here. I invite you guys to 
Catch the show uh, over the weekend uh, at some of the other stations. If you are currently listening, uh, KFNX, such an honor to hang with you guys on the weekend. A lot of you have reached out. Uh, I invite you to add your email to our newsletter. We won't spam you. We just kind of give you that weekly insight. Uh, And also want to thank friends of the show, Parts Authority. Uh, They've got parts locations across the country. Bolt-on technology that has the digital inspection. So you actually, when you go into an automotive service center, you can actually get a, a series of pictures of your vehicle. The inspection is texted to your cell phone or emailed. Yes. And it's just a cleaner and better way. So if you know a garage that you love them to death, but they're still chicken scratching stuff, <laughs> you may want to turn them on to Bolt-On Technology. They, they do an awesome job. Big shout out as well to BG Products. Oh, yeah. Uh, they are also on board as supporters of the show, and we are grateful. And we have Mail Shark. Our newest. Our newest. Yeah. So you're, you're going to hear more about that. So we're just um, thrilled. It allows us to continue to grow the show and, and grow it with you guys. You know, it's a, it's a business, guys, and we have to pay the bills. So we are thankful and very grateful. So we would just ask you guys listening to uh, head on over to some of our supporters and uh, support them because that's what it's about. We appreciate you guys. Truly, truly do enjoy spending time with you. Uh, as I tell you every week, man, be safe. Hug each other and never forget to hug a mechanic. Here are the three C's of high performance in less than 60 seconds. Your engine piston rings must have good compression, which makes good combustion, which saves cash at the pump. But you lose compression when piston rings clog with carbon. Today's engines use low tension rings, which clog much easier, which lowers compression combustion and the amount of cash in your pocket with higher fuel cost and expensive repairs this problem can be fixed as fast as your next oil change the best service shops use a bg product that cleans the engine and accomplishes the three c's in just 15 minutes it has three letters e p r as in engine performance restoration that cleans piston rings and restores compression which increases and saves you find a shop with bg products at bgfindashop.com that's bgfindashop.com so at your next oil change remember the three c's you will find more of this in your engine and this in your pocket parts authority auto parts superstores nationwide locations you know one of the problems that i can have working in my garage is parts aren't delivered on time the quality isn't there well guess what who's yelling at me my clients and they're likely not to come back well the parts authority auto parts superstores amazing service knowledgeable counter folks a complete line of original equipment parts that our customers deserve if you're an installer Get on to partsauthority.com. Check locations nationally near you, partsauthority.com.